Hello, you're listening to Track Changes, the podcast of Postlight, a digital product studio in New York City. My name is Paul Ford. I'm the co-founder of Postlight. And I'm Rich Ciotti, the other co-founder of Postlight. And if you don't know about Postlight, you should. We are a digital product studio, as I just said, and we make web apps, we make mobile apps, and we build great big web platforms, and we make them look beautiful. Great design, great interaction design, and we would love to talk to you. You can just send us an email at hello at postlight.com if you have any questions, any feedback, any comments, and we love to talk to folks. The first 10 calls are usually free, and then we take it from there. So, Rich, something big happened last week. Okay, what happened? AWS had an outage. That's a big deal. Okay, so we should explain to people. AWS stands for Amazon Web Services. It's been around um, more than 10 years. And what it is is Amazon sells you the things that you need to do. They license you access to web servers and technologies that let you host your big web platform. Yeah, I mean, web servers is a corner of what they... They sell a lot of different things. But yes, you can lease out CPUs, computers, so that you can do anything. It's very abstract. Very abstract. And they have this service called S3. Yes. Okay. What S3 does is let you store files on the internet. You can say, hey, and it it has this concept of kind of like buckets. You put a picture in a bucket. So if you look around the internet, many of the pictures on the internet are actually in S3 buckets. And instead of being hosted directly by the media company that you think you're visiting, they're hosted by... AWS. AWS to come and, out of Amazon servers. And I just, I, just, I just found a list of some of the big names that if, if AWS goes down, they're going down. All right. So who, who's on AWS? Airbnb. That's uh, a little company. Yep. Capital One. Now, mind you, we don't want to mislead here. There are probably many aspects to Capital One, but Capital One uses a, AWS. Correct. So this is a critical piece of infrastructure for the entire internet. There's parts of Netflix were on it, and there's a huge government version of AWS. And what happened is that the AWS in the eastern zone of the United States, which I believe is in Virginia, the S3 service crapped out. Right. And the S3 is storage. That's right. And so that was bad. That was a total meltdown for much of the internet. Yeah, the, the ripple effect was felt everywhere. My wife, my wife texted me. She was like, you work on the internet. Why the hell can't I access any of the things I use? She works in construction. Right. Right. So all the things that they do to manage construction projects are hosted on AWS. They're all cloud services. Exactly. And everyone has decided to be dependent upon Amazon. Even better... Amazon couldn't update its advisory web page because it was dependent <laughs> on S3. AWS is on AWS. Exactly. And so that was a mistake, right? Like they should right. host that, you know, you should have a Twitter account or something. Right. Go to a competitor. Yeah. Go to a no, competitor. No, don't use Twitter. Twitter uses AWS. Probably does. Probably does. I mean, this is the thing, right? So it's a, it's a really tricky bind, but they needed some place to tell people they didn't even yeah. have that. You know how I think about AWS? It's sort of like, you know, uh, is our electrical grid protected? Yeah. You know, uh, against attack. Uh, and you really, it is very much the electrical grid of information. Of the modern, uh, it's become the default way to build and launch web properties. Without a doubt, it should be considered a viable target and, and one that should be protected. No so, doubt about so it. Amazon protects it because they need to for commercial security. And I have no doubt that they could easily pick up the phone and call the government and say, you should probably do your own 
protection. Well, it's here. not just that. No, there is actually a, a security Amazon version of AWS for the federal government. Right. 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 So this went down and the Internet went down and it just was a, a huge reminder of how much infrastructure is hidden from people who use Internet services and how big everything's gotten. Like, I remember when AWS was like a weird experimental thing that you might, you know, yeah. you might try to use it and you'd have to convince people. Now it's the engine of the global information economy. Yeah. It is an exception to go and buy hardware. Yeah. Server hardware for your startup or for your initiative. It's just not what's done anymore. The AWS, by the way, worth noting, has competitors big competitors. Microsoft's a big competitor. With their Azure cloud. And there's other ones too, like uh, DigitalOcean, which is a little more old school. Like you buy servers and set them up in DigitalOcean. It's not, AWS isn't just like, pretend you're using somebody else's computer. It's all these services. There's dozens and dozens of them. Yeah, they've abstracted away the actual physical box. So it's actually more like a cloud operating system at this point than it is just, you can do things without ever knowing about the computers underneath. That's right, that's right. So. It was just a good reminder of how big this world is and how much we don't see. And it was also just interesting to watch all the companies have to let people know on Twitter that their stuff is down and to just see the ripple effects. It was for a day, basically. Very dramatic. I had people, uh, someone got in touch from a giant media company and they were just complaining because they were on a four-hour phone call trying to switch all of their assets from AWS in Virginia to AWS on the West Coast. And all these sort of very physical thoughts were going, like people had to figure out where things were. Absolutely. So, you know, and I I always like to think about that. Like, what are the big, scary things that we don't even know about? What are the things that are surprisingly large? That's a hell of a question to throw out. Do you mean in technology? Just in general. You ever have the experience where you like are stumbling around on YouTube and you find a video that has 30 million views? Yes. And you never expected it. Like yes. it'll be like a, you know, unboxing of a of a tennis shoe. Yes. I was looking for a gardening video. Let's not get into why I was looking for a You garden. have a little garden. I have a little garden and I, I love it and I like to grow hot peppers and that's a thing. But whatever. Park that for a second. What kind of hot peppers? Uh, various kinds. Uh jalapenos, uh shishitos. But delicious, delicious hot peppers. I love to dry them and make olive oil, spicy olive oil. Okay, so that's the thing you like. And it's a little know. gift I give people. But that's not what this podcast is about, Paul. Maybe it should be, but let's not solve that right now. No. Okay, so you were looking for a gardening video. I'm looking for a gardening video. And I find one, and I want, oh, I remember more precisely. I wanted to show one to my kids. Oh, okay. Kids yeah. love YouTube. Kids love YouTube because there's so much stuff getting made on YouTube. It's kind of anti-content. I want to talk about this, right? Because my kids are obsessed with cake making videos. But you tell your story first. So I'm looking for kids. I, I think I searched kids gardening because the spring is coming and I, you know, we were going to do some work there. And so I said, hey, look at how kids can help with the, in the garden. And I find this video and I let it play through and then I'm drinking my coffee. And you know how YouTube just stays and keeps rolling yeah, into the next keep video going forever right so the next video comes up and it's the same family on their way to five guys burgers okay i'm like okay this is an oversharing mom just likes to document her family and they're in a minivan and they're strapping the kids in and one kept sleeping so they had to wait for him before they took him out to the restaurant and it's a whole thing <laughs> right so i'm like wow oh, people are ridiculous why would anyone 85 views right mm-hmm. i look down it's got two and a half million views okay 
the most inane, just slice of life video you ever see. Getting the kids in the minivan. And going back and then meeting her husband at the house because they just moved and there's still a lot of boxes they need to open. I kid you not, this was the plot line. Right. right? And I dig a little further and it's, it's this channel called Family Fun Pack. Okay. Okay. I never heard of it. I never heard of it. Right. And I look down and it has nearly 5 million subscribers. Okay. So that, that alone is, that's a big number of subscribers for anything I wonder how many the White House has. Can you look and tell me? Yes, I, I will look that up. Okay, so the White House, White House has 960,000 subscribers. Okay, how many does Family Fun Pack have? 4.8 million. Okay, okay, so this family in the minivan yes. is roughly five times as popular on the internet as the United States government. That's right. And I'm digging in a little because thinking, okay, maybe... She say like she saves lives, or she leaves her family for six months a year to go do work in third world countries or something. Or goes I to don't Antarctica, know. You know or maybe something, something special about this family, and it's not. She's putting up a video, I think, pretty much every day, like clockwork, mm-hmm. and it's just life. It's just them living their lives, and they have they without fail. They get at least a few hundred thousand views on any video because now it's gotten to the point where. I know the family next door, right? They are the family next door. So that's door. that's your thesis is people watch this and they're like, oh, I know people just like them. And it just becomes this kind of like familiar. Yes. Like how, you know, I wonder if if uh, Jamie's cold is better. I literally think that's the, the, the sort because of. Because it's so familiar. The serial drama effect has kicked in such that, you know, I've watched it three days in a row. And, you know, that cold has been nagging him the whole time. I wonder if he's turned a corner or she's going to take him to the doctor. Yeah, I think I think that's all it is. And this woman, I mean, I'm going to get a little, you know, slightly rude here. She's incredibly boring. She's actually kind of annoying. And is it just her? Is she? No, her her husband is her, her husband, from what I can gather, has sort of given in. Who's filming? I think she is. Okay. I think she is most of the time. Her husband's given in and you could see him kind of playing along sort of. Because I think there's real income coming in now. Like, well, if you have 5 million subscribers, you can live on that. Well, I think a, a, a marketing company has, has, has taken them under their wing. Sure, you can get sponsors. You can, you can promote They're products. They're part of a... Yeah, we're going to drop a Forbes article. Forbes has written up this family. Oh, okay, they, so you went and researched a little more and found, got some background. Yeah, and I don't know how to think about it. I don't want to think about it. The numbers are incredible. I don't know whether to be angry at the family. Can't be angry at the family. All they did was put some stuff on YouTube. I don't know whether to be angry at the viewers of the family. No, they just, this is a kind of content that they, I mean, I'm sure it sounds, from what you're describing, it's totally family friendly. It's very polite. It's very innocent. It's just people just being themselves. And it turns out that millions of people are happy to watch them be themselves. Yeah, like I'm just scrolling through this and they're doing things like, we got to get to the dentist. Okay. You know, just stuff. Everyday drama. So who, who can I be? I'm a, there's anger. You know, what's interesting here is that this was, Reality TV was supposed to kind of show this, but it all got turned up into as much drama as possible, right? Right. Like there's never been... You never have have, to fight. You you have to have... Yeah, otherwise the show just doesn't work. It fails, right? You can't just live life. But these are TV numbers. I mean, there's no television program in America that wouldn't be happy with 5 million YouTube subscribers for its clips. She's getting... Like I'm scrolling through her videos. 
the stills that sort of tease the video are getting more impressive and more production you see this quality. with youtube stars right they start in front of a blank wall and then later they become you know they they, they start to add a little bit of furniture and things get i think the, the the marketing firm that's taken them under their wing i think is giving her some help or she's maybe she's doing it obviously they're good at this right the husband is furious by the way he's an electrical engineer and she makes Double his salary at this point. Well, who knows? He might be very happy. He doesn't have to work so hard. I want to read into this, Paul. Let me just draw this picture so I can feel good, okay? I can't imagine, you know, you you, you went to grad school and you you got that job after 12 interviews and your wife just videotaped the kids for a bit and it just took off. Oh my God, I would be overjoyed. Yeah. It'd be fantastic. You'd be, you'd be all in? Uh, if my twins had good like viral properties and we were exploiting the hell they out of They probably do. I know your twins. They probably do have that. They're adorable and charming, at least in my estimation. But I, okay. I don't, we haven't, I've put pictures and done and videos of them up online. They don't get the kind of viral engagement that you'd expect. Okay. Yeah. I, I don't know. Even I, they, they have a funny picture with Santa. She's mm. mom on this thing is grading. There's just the only word you, I can think so of. You have a rough time with the mom. I, you know what? I think I'm seeing her through the lens of this success that right. she's found. <laughs> this isn't revealing you to be a great person here. This is very. <laughs> I want. Uh, we, we just lost a client. I don't know. I'm, I'm flipping between this and the situation in Syria. Yeah, and okay. it's pissing me off. Well, I'm sorry. but that's from what you know. I'm looking over your shoulder here. It's middle America in the most middle of middle of middle of middle of America, right? It's yeah. It's minivans. It's the kids just being a little tired and cranky, and the the mom trying to keep it all together. It speaks to people. Yeah, they I want guess. it. They I want guess. it. They want it. They don't want MTV. They don't want loud smashes and bangs. You know who I bet watches this? Who? Families together. Oh, without a doubt. It's moms and kids. I bet there's five-year-old with kids who are fascinated. Abso- I can imagine that if they miss a single episode, they probably lose their shit. And they probably watch it a couple times in a row. I th- There's no doubt about it. If every morning at breakfast we watched the three minutes that she puts up, my kids would be all over it. Right, right. So this is the thing. You, you have to be aware. Like That world exists, though. Family Fun yeah. Pack exists. Yes, yes. And, um, you know, there's one for me, my kids. Again, I think kids and like young people drive this because you hear about YouTube stars. Like, yeah. there's this guy, it's spelled P E W D I E P I E, PewDiePie. Like Cutie Pie. I think so, or PewDiePie. No, I don't, you don't say Cutie Pie. Anyway, this is how old we are because we don't really know much about it's it. PewDiePie. I'm going to bet on that. Yeah, so this person plays video games and talks about video games and does stuff on YouTube. And it's just kind of a YouTube personality. Okay. I want you to take a guess as to how many subscribers you can get. It's going to be big. Uh, 8 million. Okay. Go a little bit up. 10 million? 53 million, almost 54 million. Holy moly. Okay. So that is a, you know, a percent. Most nations are not that large. Now explain, is he, is he like a video game champ? I, you know, he's good at video games and I think he just, he plays them and he has funny things to say about them and that does it. Like that's, that's what the audience is looking for. Now what happened is he did a few. So he does commentary while he's playing the game. Yeah. He's like a funny gamer culture guy. Okay. Okay. So, and, and again, like we're talking about this, I don't have a lot of direct experience of this person. It just went into the news. And again, the numbers blow your mind. And this, right. this always happens with YouTube. YouTube has been getting to be this larger and larger cultural force. And then, but no one knows any of the celebrities who's over like 27 years old. 
Yeah, I yeah. they did a campaign once where they were just plucking YouTube stars and putting them on billboards. Right in New on, York City, you'd go, you'd see these things and be like, like, "What you know, is this? Twenty five million you? followers, and it's you've no idea who they are." Yeah. So this guy uh, apparently did some sort of like joking, ironic, but just straight up anti-Semitic stuff. Okay. And uh, got called out on it. And what happened was they didn't take away his YouTube account. They took away his youtube promotional deal like youtube had pulled him in a youtube red and he was getting sort of premium uh, advertising and, okay. and making just ridiculous amounts of money okay so they cut him y- youtube the entity google google said you're no longer on the you're inside you're longer in the inside you're just okay. a regular you're a regular youtuber now, now what so, did he do like well, as he was doing commentary he was making what he did is he used, to, he used to service fiverr where you give people five bucks to do stuff yep and he used Fiverr to get people in, I think, India to hold up signs, um, anti-Semitic signs. And they didn't know what they were doing. And, and they he, did it. And then he, they did video of it and he included that. And everyone went, uh, ha, 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 ha. So it. I think like the combination of labor and wage exploitation and horrible anti-Semitism really just turned a lot of people off. It's a bad recipe. Yeah, it's a rough, rough mix. So yeah. he, um, he got, you know, he's going to go away, I guess, and lick his wounds. He apologized and was, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Like this whole drama. Okay. But, the thing is 53 million. Right. Right. So, and these, these videos just have unbelievable numbers of, of watches on them. And there's other stars along these lines inside of YouTube. So YouTube has just hundreds of millions of people yeah. paying attention to celebrities. And it's a world that you just know nothing about. Right. So one of the things that happened, because again, kids love YouTube. I can show my son, there is a video of steam trains. It's an hour long. There's like six of these. Right. And he will occasionally come up to me, especially on like a Saturday morning and say, I want to watch steam trains and I will bring up the steam trains and he's not even watching. He's just kind of laying back, kind of waking up in the morning and he, it's like the stream trains. It's just just steam trains moving by steam trains. Just right. Yeah. Oh yeah. No people talking, nothing. Oh yeah. Yeah. And then, and then you kind of steam. And the big thing is for the steam train to come from a good distance. So steam trains like half a mile away and you hear, and this goes on for like an hour, minute or two later you hear. And how many views does that video have? Boy, I don't, you know, hold on. We're going to find out in real time right here. I'm, I'm hitting the internet and making, making the news happen. Steam trains galore, November 27th, 2013. So it's had a little time. It has 17,425,868 views. That's incredible. Now, let me tell you how. This is a 28-minute video of Steam That's trains. incredible. That's incredible. I mean, I have to imagine that's put on in like the background at a restaurant. No, I think it's... I think it's this kids. Is, this is kids. Yeah, I don't think you have 17 million adult human beings who are watching 21 minutes of steam trains. I think that number is probably more in the hundreds of thousands. I don't know. Do you know about the whole Fomer phenomena? I've been waiting for this moment for months and it's finally here. Yeah! All right. Okay. What What the hell is this? This is a Fomer. Okay, stop it. Stop it. What, what, What is that? It's a it's a train fan, a train fanatic. He's called a foamer. Yes. Because Just the origins of the name I can't help you with, but he's called a foamer. Let's give him a second. Yeah, listen to that bell. Oh, take a look at that. Oh my god! Listen to that horn! Oh my god! 
She is beautiful, yeah! Okay, okay, I've had enough. <laughs> These are people who are really into trains. That doesn't have 17 million uh, watches, though, does it? Oh, this particular video? I think this is non-foamers just gawking at a foamer. Yeah. It has 3.8 million videos. But still, oh, Jesus, my God, that's a lot of people. Oh, yeah. Now, look, well, look. this is a crazy... This is a person yelling at a train. But how did we get here? We got here through steam trains and very, very large communities. I, you know, this is, I think, maybe the beauty of YouTube. Well, this is that thing. if I want to really, really dive into birdhouses and how to make them... There's a whole world waiting for me. So one of the things, it turns out my kids like to talk about cake. Birthday cake? Just cakes. Yeah, they, well, they go to a lot of birthdays. They're sure. twins, they're five, they go to lots of birthdays. And so cake is something that comes up a lot. Candy comes up a lot. Okay. And to get them to go to bed one night, I pulled up YouTube and I just searched cake. And it turns out that there is a massive and dynamic cake decorating ecosystem that thrives inside I of YouTube. I do not doubt that. So... There's a few things I learned. The first is the first thing we found was this woman. Um, I think her name is Rosanna Ponacino, and she does her work under the name Nerdy Nummies. And so her thing is really specific. She will make a poop emoji out of meringue, right? So she's very dynamic. She's very loud, and she's like, "I'm going to make a poop emoji out of meringue," and she's super excited and really into it. And she brings other YouTube stars in, and she. Wait, wait a second. Hold, I'm going to pull up. I just looked her up while you were talking. Uh-huh. How big is her audience? Eight million subscribers. Uh-huh. See, that's where we're at. That's for cakes, okay? And it's for candy and, and cookies and treats. It's making uh, emoji cookies and Star Wars cakes and stuff like that. So she's a chef. She's a chef. I think she had been on TV or had been like in some somewhere in entertainment. But this is somebody who decided to to make a go out of being a professional YouTube celebrity focused on making um, cakes. Okay. And so we started there, and I was a little bit. It was a lot. Like just she comes at you like, sorry, given reference to her, what we were early talking about, but she does. She kind of comes on like a steam train. You're just like, whoa, that's a lot of information in a very sort of dynamic, vibrant, slightly cutesy way. And so I started to poke around and it turns out that there are an enormous number of cake making videos online. And I'll tell you some of the varieties that I discovered. There are some very serious chefs. There's a lot of people from Eastern Europe who only show their hands and make mm -hmm. really amazing things like like Sleeping Beauty's pillow. That'll be the make a Sleeping Beauty pillow cake. There are um, just really ridiculous over-the-top cakes. Uh, there's a lot going on with fondant. The really complicated ones don't get that many views. Like there's one woman made a dog. Like she made somebody's dog out of cake and fondant. Right. And it was so ridiculous. Like it was like yeah. a, like a two-day project. Right. But the ones that do well and perform really well are like make a rainbow cake. It's a rainbow inside, and, but it's shaped like a lunchbox. Right. You know, it's the back to school cake. Right. Things right. like that. There's also some hooks. I've seen people put, um, I've watched probably three or 400 cake making videos. Uh, well, I was about point. to say, I'm, I'm convinced nobody's making this stuff. Like nobody is saying, get the video up. I got everything. Let's go make the cake. No, it's pretty much Nobody's the same story, it. too. It's always like you, you make a nice cake and then you just use an unbelievable amount of fondant, which is just basically Satan's icing. Yeah. It's just garbage. Yeah. And you make whatever the hell you think will make people watch the video. So Darth Vader's head, 
uh, fireworks, a pirate ship. Well, this is the theory. The theory is that a very, very small percentage of, of cooking videos actually are instructional for people or to cooking make stuff. shows too like the and food cooking network. shows yeah i mean there's a word for it i'd heard before gastropornography right so that's that's a little bit of this except the kids love it they love watching because it's almost like they'll watch frozen and it'll be they're making an elsa cake yeah they're making a you know an, an olaf cake also it's that. just relatable it could not be in english and it's just relatable instantly it's, it's just true. hands building a thing i have so. seen some goofball stuff somebody uh created an augmented reality technology where you printed out the cake topper and you put it on and then you could point your phone at the cake with an app open and it would show you like a 3d pirate ship as you walked around the cake (laughs) so so we're we're never out of the woods with technology by the way advice to vimeo vimeo this is what vimeo didn't get vimeo wants you to watch the video of the like the balloon floating across the town square yeah it's like 10 minutes. They never got, they, they sought the artistic integrity around. They, they created this an stuff. experience. And it's even the, even the aspect ratio, right? YouTube was, was yeah. four, three. It just looked like an old TV. Yeah, exactly right. And exactly Vimeo right. was always cinematic. They set the stakes too high. It, it just, uh, YouTube decided, you know what? You figure it out. And here we are. And it turns out that like how to service really is what you call like service oriented stuff. Here's how you make a cake. Here's how you fix your toilet. Yeah. All of that. Don't put those two together. It's a rough combo. You know, as in terms of culture and subculture and as a, a sort of canvas for cultures and subcultures to take hold, I don't think anything comes near YouTube. No, I think, I think they really, really, really won. They just won. Yeah. So there's... A- in, in a very, very unique way, right? As, as this sort of new mode of, of broadcasting. Facebook is not that. You know, Twitter is not that. None of them are that. The YouTube is its own... It's its own case where if you, you took an aerial shot of YouTube, it is just cities. I'll tell you, they got me with one. There's a, a, a series called How to Cake It with this woman, Yolanda Gomp. About 2.7 million subscribers. And the kids call her my girlfriend because I will always go watch a Yolanda Gump cake making video. I kind of gravitate back towards them. Very professional chef, very, very smart, very funny person on camera. And so I was like, well, this is interesting. How does this person make it work? And what they do is they go, you know, check out the spatula in my profile or below this video. Check out my website. And so what happens is that you are able to build your brand by saying, hey, look right below the video and you'll find the various things that, you know, the, the icing bag that you should buy, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Then they do events. There's like a cake making retreat. Can I say something a little creepy? Go. Uh, the two people you brought up, and I'm guessing many of the other successful YouTube stars are probably attractive. They are attractive. No. But they're attractive in a... They're not supermodels. They're not, they're not supermodels. They're not, they're not in a... And there's a little bit of... They're a little off. They're not completely polished, trained. They're a little nerdy. Celebrity. They're a little nerdy. There is an, I'm not going to use the words, but there's an amateur video equivalent here that I think drives some of this appeal. This Here's is, the thing. This is someone that's attractive. First off, we like attractive. Everyone likes attractive people. Yeah. That, no, that I mean that works. It's just right. it's something that right. we know generates audience. Right. Look but at the world. accessible and just accessible enough such that... Um, if you ran a, into them at a party, you'd go, oh my God, this will sound ridiculous, but I've seen like half of your cake making videos. That's Whereas right. Whereas if I ran into like, I don't know, it was a famous 
woman star like Angelina Jolie. Yeah. I, where would you start? No, exactly. I don't. I can't talk. How about, could you do that to your husband? I can't talk about cakes with her. No. Right. I, right. You can talk about fashion, I guess. I mean, like, I just like I'm so. Also, what you're gonna get from an Angelina Jolie is someone that has become conditioned to being chased with cameras and this and that. And instead, what you've got here is someone that's, wow, she's great. And she, I see her at the gym, right? Yeah. And so there's that accessibility, I think, is, is how YouTube, in a very covert way, penetrated, I want to say America, but really the whole world. And, and just to be clear to everyone, what we're, when we're talking about this, we're not saying this is as it should be. This is just how the world is, right? Yeah. Like this is, this is what generates attention. Yeah. The, there's a key here too, which is that you can't actually try too hard because you can't afford to. And I'll use our own podcast as an example. We've had discussions as to how to structure track changes. Yep. And we decided to keep it to a couple people uh, talking to each other, simple interviews, yep. no big segments, don't NPR it up too much because then we would sound like we were trying too hard. We didn't have the money or time to do it in this like huge expansive way. Right. I know people from that community. We could have tried it. Yeah. We could have said, we're going to make a podcast. That's like a good example would be reply all on the Gimlet network. Right. Like I know those guys. Well, I could try to compete in that world, yeah. but it would have been a disaster. It's a different league. Exactly. It's a different game. Yeah. And yet at the same time, here we are, we're very accessible. It was a good decision. You and I are to now we're not extremely attractive, but that's why it's a podcast. Well, I, I think that's a little harsh, but keep going. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, no, I mean, that's, you know, if we were really young yeah. and good looking, we yeah. should be on YouTube. Right. Yeah. Because then we would have two million followers. Yeah. I, and some of this, I mean, look, let's face it. Some of the, some of it, you've got good looking people that kind of flirt with you and the yeah. content is garbage, but they get a couple million subscribers because they're right. attractive people that... Now, sort of feel like my friend. The dudes are very similar, too. Like, they're never perfectly gorgeous dudes. Yeah. Uh, there's one guy I watched. He's a competitive eater. I watched him eat, like, like a gallon and a half of ice cream. Right. And he's just, like, a, like a very good-looking guy, but doesn't look Hollywood. Right. Right. And so it's this accessibility plus the ability, some kind of talent or... It's the ability to package yourself too. Like the the eater is able to like pack, like show you him. He, you get to watch him put all the food in the bowl from, yes. from above. Right, right. Right. They they cut that. They montage it, and then they then they fast forward yeah. through him eating the whole thing. Yeah. Let's not let's not sell them short. By the way, the editing here is is consistently strong. Like no, this is almost TV quality. This editing. is a new form. But if it tries to look like TV, it'll get in trouble. It's got to be its own thing. Yes, agree. Because otherwise, it would look amateurish in a bad way. Whereas it looks. There's a huge difference between amateurist and accessible. And what these people are doing, it's contact me, get in touch with me, look at my website. They are selling a sense of access that you don't have with Game of Thrones. Right. right? I watch Game of Thrones. I don't feel that it's I not, should... It's an escape, right? Yeah, I don't talk to the dragons. I, yeah, I live in that world. Well, I pretend. Sometimes you talk sometimes to Sometimes I talk to dragons. We all talk to dragons. That is, I think, the fundamental difference between network television and and user-generated television essentially yes. is that accessibility is what matters with the user-generated stuff yeah. and the ability to escape yep. or to feel that you're not in control is key to the other stuff. Yep. So that's YouTube. That is YouTube. And that's a little bit of humanity, honestly. That's a glimpse into how it all works. You know, 
that's what I wonder. Like, I wonder what our kids are going to make, right? They're going to have access to uh, amazing video cameras in their cheap phones. Yep. They're going to be able to edit and deal with digital video. By the way, that's a lot of that's here. Like, where you, uh, there are apps out there where you pick a song and you dance around and the app takes care of the rest. It puts special effects on you. It, it kind of edits you a little bit. It just does it all. It just does the whole thing through like algorithms and stuff. And then it, what gets pushed out the other side are these really, really funny videos of my little kids dancing to right. a song that I can send to family and, and, and whatnot. Well, one so, of your most cherished videos, in fact, is of your Uncle Frank. All right. We're going to have to debate whether we include this in the links below. No, I think we, we probably can't. It, it's, it's my lovely Uncle Frank. And, and I think, you know, some of my cousins who are... Frank's kids listen to this podcast. But uh, Frank is, I mean, this is no... Frank this, is great. Fr- but Frank is an uncle. Frank like, is an uncle. He is an older guy. He runs the Brooklyn Heights Deli. Loves the, he runs the Brooklyn Heights Deli in lives Brooklyn in Staten Heights. Island. Lives in Staten Island. He lives in Staten Island. That's right. And a friend of his... But if you were to look in the dictionary under uncle... You'd see Frank. Yeah, he looks... Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So a friend of his... Uh, you know, there, there are these Facebook apps that will... You can pick a friend... And what it'll do is it'll dig into photos that that friend has put up, grab them, and then you pick a song and it'll create a music video. (laughs) I'm laughing just thinking about it. A music video essentially of a montage of those images with the song playing on top. So their Facebook photo album becomes a, a music, becomes exactly. a music video exactly exactly. And this was a friend. It was an it was a service created somewhere by some Arab country. Maybe no, no, I don't I think know. so. From the is from that, the captions, is that like, true? Yeah, it has a little like. Okay, we looked it up one time. Okay, so Evanescence kicks in, it's which that. is a pretty heavy sound. Yeah, and it's my uncle Frank in his pajamas eating pie. And is the, how it more or less goes. There's and one. And there's one where he holds a dog. This one is a dog. On his, it's really. It's pretty incredible. But and so the I, cognitive dissonance is mind-boggling. It's really. It's one of my favorite things on the internet. I have to say. You know, and it's. I watched it before I even knew who he was, and after a minute, I just started to laugh hysterically because <laughs> it, it's only a computer could come up with something like this. Oh, exactly, exactly. Like there's no way a human being would never have put like Rich's Uncle Frank together with that Evanescent song. A terrible Evanescent song, exactly. And so... Um, I think we're going to share it. I think we have to share that link. Maybe we'll put it out in the world. I've been trying to extract it out of Facebook video and I don't know how to do it yet. But okay. there's, there are ways, I'm pirating, sure. Pirating video from social media sites is... This an, is for family. It's an important it's a different reason. Yeah. Cool. Well, this has been a fun discussion, Paul. I'm going to start a video series, which is just you and me talking about what to get for lunch. It's probably probably going to get about two or 300 subscribers. We won't show the lunch. We'll just talk about lunch <sighs> and then decide, you know what? Let's just bring something back. We'll call it let's bring something back. <laughs> you know what's tricky with all this stuff? We should We should talk about this. What's tricky with all this stuff is that you kind of feel like you should know about it, but because I don't know about you, but I always felt that I kind of knew everything big on the internet. Yeah. And you can't anymore. No, there are too many big things. You come across something that has 50 million followers and you thought you were up to speed. So many big things. That is the title of this particular podcast. That's right. Because so many big things. And so there's a, you have to give up at a certain point. You just won't know 
the big stuff that's happening, even in your own language, even in your own country, even yeah. on sites you frequent. Absolutely. You know, there's some t- Twitter person out there who has 20 million followers. There's somebody who has hundreds of millions of, of views on Instagram, and we just have no clue who they are. Without a doubt. And so... We need to let that go. We do. We do. We just assume that when the time, the time is right, we'll yeah. learn about it. Absolutely. By the way, if anyone needs a platform that can... Scale. Hold all those big things. That's right. We could scale you 50 million users uh, looking at video views. Without flinching. Not a problem. And we can make it look really good too because we're Pushlight, Digital Product <laughs> Studio, 101 Fifth so Avenue smooth. in New York City. <laughs> uh, if you need us for any reason at all, you just send an email to hello at postlight.com. I'm Paul Ford, your friendly co-founder. And I'm Rich Ziotti, other co-founder. Go ahead and rate us on iTunes if you're in the mood. And, uh, you know, look, we're here for you. Have a great week. Bye.